0: a one-piece outfit and I couldn't tell if it was blue or gray because the the headlights they're blue so it was hard to tell if it was a blue (laughs) or gray outfit you know but it was like all the way up to the neck and all the way up to the cuffs okay like that's kind of weird and then I look at him and I'm like why is he wearing a Halloween mask it's November why is he wearing a a, a alien Halloween (laughs) (laughs) and I'm looking at him and I'm like and then I looked into his eyes and I go, oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's no Halloween costume. <laughs> because and as I was explaining to you, Pam, when you look into their eyes, that's the neurological link. That's why you can't look away. It's like they're in, you can't look away.
1: Hi, everyone. Happy Freya. Welcome to episode 15 with the one and only special guest, Annie Owens. Thank you, Annie, for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me here.
1: Uh, and Annie, I we this is our second meeting. So uh, I would just like to, she's just an amazing human being with some of the most magical, um, uh, ethereal stories that I've ever seen. And I'd love to sh- share all of that with our guests today. Now, Annie is a level two QHHT practitioner. Uh, again, she is, a, we could say an ET contactee and a, she's contact star being. She has an amazing, unique abilities of connecting with the spirit world and spirit guides early on, which she's going to share here today. And what I really appreciate about her message is the empowering um, way that you go about and sharing your story and empowering others to do the same. So let's go into, before getting into one of these stories about your first memory with ETs and star beings, can you go into why is there such hesitancy in people sharing these stories like is there still a stigma associated to it
0: well i think when i was little if would have come out and told my stories everybody would just think wow they got quite an imagination i think the stigmatism is starting to change especially now that the government has actually come out and said hey you know we have ufos or unidentified flying objects we can't explain I think it's starting to change to a certain extent. And the more that I talk to people, I see that it is changing on the stigmatism of being able to come out. I, I think it takes a lot of courage to come out just because you just never know how somebody's going to
1: react to it. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for that. So as our leeway into your first contact, can you go over your first memory of when you made contact?
0: My actual first memory was kind of a strange one. My first memory was actually in the crib and I didn't know at the time, because obviously I'm infant, that those were spirits. I thought they were regular people in my room, but then I also saw some that I used to call nice monsters. I didn't have a word for them other Mm -hmm. than they didn't look like people. And so that was my actual first memory. I don't know why I remember it, but I've my my family about it since I was little, I remember this and, a lot of times, you know, it is like, oh, still a kids, you know, but the actual first memory of being taken, um, I was six years old and when I was six years old being taken, I just remember the fear and just total panic that I felt went into a total panic attack, just freaked out about everything that was going on. Um, I remember being on the table and I, I couldn't move, um, I could only move my head. And I was looking around, and it was a small room, and it was just a single, single bed, if you want to call it that, (laughs) examination table. And in comes in, and I'm just panicking. My heart's just beating just so fast. In comes in a white mantis. And when the white mantis came in, he probably was only about five, six foot tall. He wasn't really tall. And he didn't feel like a spirit to spirit type of connection there. But when he came in, he had a very calm effect. And I was able to breathe again. I was able to relax again. And that is when the tall, white, alien, stark person, I don't know what you want to call them, but Mm. they didn't look human other than they had the ears, a small nose, big, big eyes, but Mm. she was beautiful. I just remember just feeling just so happy with her being there. And then she, she was really good. She felt like a, like a mother figure to me. And when I saw her, I had a conversation with her and I told her that I wanted to stay on the ship. I told her I wanted to stay there. And she told me that I couldn't. And I'm like, please, please. And then she asked, well, why do you want to stay here? I said, oh, I'm sorry. It's just this internet connection unstable. I hope you're coming in all right over there. But um, anyways, what happened was she said, why do you want why is it you don't want to go back and I said well because they're mean there
1: and they lie
0: so I've always had an issue with people who lie about things and
1: me, meaning on earth right you're referring to earth
0: on earth okay as referring to earth I didn't want to go back to earth I just wanted to stay on the ship with her <laughs> because she felt so much like a mother figure to me you know And she told me that uh, I wasn't needed there. And in my mind, I actually went and checked everything on the ship. (laughs) And there was no place that I could have been to work on the ship to do anything. And I just kind of resigned to, all right, I got to go back (laughs) at six years old. So that was my first experience.
1: Oh, That's early on, Annie, um, your first experience. And then there was another one later that you clearly remember. Um, Yeah, that
0: was at 12
1: years old that was
0: at 12 years old and that one okay yeah at 12 years old I literally told my parent well my mom about it the whole situation and that was a little bit uh longer and more detailed experience that I remember and that was I literally I was like and I had two beings well first of all there's a blue light outside my window and I kind of woke up seeing that and then two beings that were like the typical short grays came walking through my wall and they told me I had to go. And the feeling was, I think it must've happened already so many times that I wasn't in complete panic, though. It was almost a feeling of dread. Like, Oh, i got to go. And it's, it's not like you have a choice. It's like, you know, you have to go and you're going to just do it. And so I remember getting out of bed and one gray held one hand and one gray held the other hand and they literally walked me through the wall. And I remember it being so uncomfortable. It was like, it felt like itching from the inside out. Like, you cannot get rid of this itch inside of you. It was just so uncomfortable. And as I walked out, they took me into the light. And when I, and I never saw the ship, I could only see the beam of light. When I okay. walked into the beam of light with them, it was like an electrical going through my body I remember it just being like oh you're just really just tightened up and you can't move next I guess it must have made me pass out because the next thing I know I am literally standing next to a bed there was two beds in the room and they had a single post in the bed that kind of made the bed go up and down but I'm standing next to the bed and there was nobody in the other bed but then the room was like it was like a rounded oval type room there was not a sharp Points or corners like what we have here it was everything was kind of rounded, it had shelving that you can see just a very thin line. And you knew that they were shelving, how if they pushed them, how they opened them up, but I knew there was shelving in the room and with these very thin lines, just totally, completely, awesomely built. You know, what I mean, it was perfect. And I'm standing there, and there are two grays, and they're were, they were telling me you need to lay down, lay down, because they wanted to examine me on the bed. And each one of them had a tool. In their hand. And I was freaked out. I'm 12 years old. And I was freaked out. I didn't know what the tools did, but I knew what my body remembered. It, it was like this the body remembered that the feeling was going to happen. I knew that one of them was going to go up my nose. And that's what freaked out because I knew the pain that it was going to involve. I remember actually raising my arm to the square and I said, In the name of Jesus Christ, you're not allowed to touch me. And like the that, they stopped. They both looked at each other mm-hmm. and then one left the room and there was pocket doors. So the pocket door opened up and he didn't like put a badge or anything like what we would to try to go out the door for him. And he went out when he came back, the same lady that I saw, the beautiful one that reminded me of a mother at six years old. She's now in the hallway okay. and she, it, they're telepathic. So you're not using, they're not using their mouth to talk to you, but they can, they can give you the feeling that they are feeling. And for me, when she, she looked at me, it was amusement. That's what I felt like. She was amused by what just took place. Okay. And she just said, come with me. Okay. And so she said, come with me. And as I walk out, it, out of this pocket door, there's like this, this glass window, but it was kind of rounded. But, and it was like, it wasn't single, it wasn't like a single pane. There was like lines in between it, but there were very thin lines where you can see it came together. And I don't know where I was at, but I had the feeling I was a mountain and there was a small town because I could see lights down below, but it wasn't like a city. Okay. And as I walked with her, we walked into the control panels, the control area is the only way I can uh, describe it. There was a lot of other graves there. They're working different machines with like um, lights that they were touching. And as we're there, she asked me, what do you want to know? I'm 12 years old. I'm like, what do you mean? What do I want to know? And she goes, well, what do you want to know in like history or something? What, what exactly? If you had to learn something, what do you want to learn? And I like, well, at the time I remember um, hearing about the big bang theory and how the earth came together and everything. And so I said, I want to know how the earth was made. And she goes, okay, well, she touches something on the window. Well, I thought it was window. All of a sudden it becomes like a, 3D holographic screen, and I'm like in the middle of it, and I'm watching the universe and how it's coming together. Um, I wasn't allowed to remember everything, other than I knew everything had science to it. Nothing happened by accident. And so I went through more history with her. I don't remember what it was. And as a matter of fact, I asked her. I said, "Am I going to be able to remember this?" She says, "You will when it's time." And so I wasn't able to remember everything. I was only able to take the feelings with me when I left, and my feeling was. Um, after I had been returned, was everything that I've been taught about history is a lie? Because I'm watching the history, but you know we're only taught, and you know winners are the ones that write the history. Yes, so, yeah. Telling you that's that's exactly what I was seeing at 12 years old. so okay,
1: so, so this is this is just. I want to just thank you for sharing that and your courage and bravery and sharing that because I mean that's just a magnificent unfolding that happened to you uh at such an early age and there was fear at the beginning when you were six um and sorry I don't know if my mic is kind of coming in
0: I can hear you just fine
1: okay perfect (laughs) um but that takes a lot of courage because you went and you visited you went on board the ship at the age of 12 you saw the history of the planet you know um meeting a i would say a benevolent figure mother figure as you stated and and kind of being comforted you know and knowing you were safe on board that ship and also right. being allowed to ask any question and your observation even at 12 to understand the mechanics of the ship there's no you know like you just open there's no access card and like all these different things so i mean that's truly magnificent right. i just wanted to recap that and just kind of review it again because that's people need to just i think they'll they'll their jaw will drop.
0: Well, it's just, you know, I it's just amazing to me and the fact of, you know, I, I see the progression of being so scared when I was six years old to now as an adult. It gives me a shock to my body when I see them, but it doesn't scare me anymore.
1: Okay. So, and did the white being um that you saw twice at six and at twelve, did she have any messages? For you on board the ship, did you ask for any messages? Or she told
0: me that she was assigned to
1: me to watch out for me while here. Okay, I... hang on. Sorry, say it one more time. It cut off.
0: Oh, it's all right. uh She she was assigned to me okay. to watch out for me while okay. I'm on her. Okay. So there's the connection. There's the connection with her. She's to watch out for. Me.
1: She's okay. She's your protector.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of them. Yeah. Okay. One of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Annie and I talked prior to this. And there was a lot of you've had a lot of messages, you know, um, throughout your childhood and your adulthood and continuously today, uh, through spirit guides and, you know, ET contact. Can you share with us? And this was a a, a really eye-opening uh experience for me when you shared this story, the being on the lawn, if you could share that with our audience that day and what this being had to say
0: okay well this what this actually happened a year ago um it was that's recent yeah it was a year ago okay this happened a year ago and um i we just got some couches and i took it to the back porch my yukon and my boys helped me unload it and it was it gets dark early in november so it was probably only about 5 30 at night but it was already dark and i pulled my yukon around to the front of the house and I was backing in, and my husband put in some blue headlights. They can see the lines perfectly. We discussed this, but you can't see anything else. It drives me nuts. He's going to change about this weekend, but <laughs> anyways, um, I was backing into the driveway, and I see, and I live out in the country. I don't live in the city. I'm very rural area, and as I'm backing in, I have a barbed wire fence to the side of my house, and I see a little boy there, and I'm thinking okay we're in the country I do understand that you know kids kind of wander all over the place but you know it's dark and this kid looked to be maybe seven or eight years old mm-hmm. by the height and I'm thinking why is he out here but this is happening a lot faster so I'm just slowing it down to explain it to you okay but my mind's going faster than that and then I'm like why is he wearing a one-piece outfit and I couldn't tell if it was blue or gray because the the headlights they're blue so it was hard to tell oh, right. if it was a blue or gray <laughs> outfit you know but it was like all the way up to the neck and all the way up to the cuffs okay like that's kind of weird and then I look at him and I'm like why is he wearing a Halloween mask it's November why is he wearing a a, a alien Halloween mask? (laughs) and I'm looking at him and I'm like and then I looked into his eyes and I go oh
1: oh that's no halloween costume
0: because and as i was explaining to you pam when you look into their eyes that's the neurological link that's why you can't look away it's like they're in you can't look away.
1: it's like hypnotic
0: yes and you can't and so i looked into his eyes and that's when i'm like oh that's not a mask and as soon as i looked into his eyes he telepathically asked me he says do you want to know everything and i'm like uh yeah because as I told you, I've gotten to where I've seen him. It's a shock at first, but it's yeah. not like, I'm afraid. I'm not afraid. Right. And so anyways, and the way, and the only way I can say is uh, I looked at photos afterwards, trying to figure out what type of being he was. I think it would be closest to what uh, Linda Moulton Howe would say. Easy. Okay. What she calls it. Easy. But anyways, as I look into his eyes, and he says he asked me if I want to know everything. I I said yes, and he starts pulling me into his eyes, and I'm seeing galaxies pass by, and I'm seeing universes pass by, and I'm just like going. All of a sudden, I felt a really loud snap, mm-hmm. and next thing I know, I'm in my Yukon, and I'm looking around, and I put on the brake because I didn't know how long I was gone. Because you're in that hypnotic where you look in their right. eyes. Right. Yes. I put on the brake, and he's gone, and I didn't hit anything, but luckily, but. <laughs> Anyway, she's gone, and I'm like, okay, was that like a failed abduction? Did right. he come here and try to abduct me, and I got away because I got afraid that I was going to hit something? I don't know. And so I, I put my my Yukon in park, and you know, turn everything off. I go to the back porch, and my kids see the look on my face. It's just like this look of like, what the hell just happened, you know? And and they're like, what happened, mom? I'm like, um, let's get everything in the house first before I tell you. And so. We brought everything in the house. And they're like, well, thank you for not telling me we're outside. I would be really out. <laughs>
1: it's like I would never go out again. <laughs>
0: yes. And they're all locking the doors, making sure the windows are locked, you know. So, anyways, um that night I couldn't remember conversations I had with people. I had talked to a lot of different people, and even I the conversations even with my family members, I couldn't remember anything. It's like that was just white, it was gone. Mm -hmm. And then I started noticing that after that experience, it felt like I wasn't even there. I I don't know how else else to explain it. Almost felt like a robot. I would go to work. I would do everything that I need to do. I would come home. I wouldn't talk to people unless they talked to me first. And Mm -hmm. so my personality part of me, that was gone. It was like, I kept telling my husband, I'm like, honey, there's something wrong with me. I'm watching all these different YouTube self-help videos, trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Watching (laughs) Dolores Cannon. I'm just like, what is wrong with me? Because I was literally felt like, and and I was not a procrastinator. And I'm I'm naturally a procrastinator. So that part of me (laughs) was gone. (laughs) That's kind of funny. But I'm naturally a procrastinator. And I was not even a procrastinator during this time. Anything that needed to be done, I would just do it. I wouldn't even think about it. There wasn't a thought. I would just.
1: Like and it was it an went, automatron, right? It, like yeah. you said, it was, it was
0: just mechanical. Yes, exactly. Okay. You know, and so that part of my giggly personality and being funny, that was gone. It was gone. Okay. And it went to where at Thanksgiving, I had gone to my brother's house and he's like, even asking if maybe possibly I have uh, um, problems, you know, he thought maybe I was having marital problems or something because I just wouldn't talk. I was really
1: quiet. Oh, I think she's trying to help out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, now you can talk to me.
0: Exactly. So, you know, I I didn't know what was going on. Well, 40 days afterwards, because I I went ahead and journaled when it happened. Yes. And 40 days afterwards, I'm laying in bed, it's early morning. And all of a sudden, I hear a man talking, and the man says, Hurry up, hurry up, the alarm's going to go off. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've heard my guides before. I've actually heard my guides in conversation before. So I'm thinking, okay, they probably don't realize I can hear them (laughs) because that's generally what happens. Yeah. And so I, and so then the weirdest thing is right after that, I heard my own voice and that was kind of freaky. I hear my own voice and I'm hearing myself say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to balance us out or we are going to fill off. And that's when I'm just like, what? I'm hearing my own voice. Next thing yeah. I know, I'm standing outside my body. I'm yeah. walking, looking at myself laying on the bed. I look at the alarm clock and I see the time and I can feel the energy of myself. Just coming together into the one me. It was the other part of me that was gone, I guess, coming together. I just remember feeling so whole because for so long I felt like I only had a part of me. Okay. And all of a sudden now I feel like I have all of me. And the next thing I know, I open up my eyes in bed and I'm like, did that really happen? And I look at my alarm clock and it's the same time that I saw when I was outside of my body. And I was so excited. I knew I was back at that point. I didn't have a beat on where exactly I went, but I knew I was back and I was just excited. I woke up my kids that morning. I'm back, I'm back. You know, I'm just going crazy. I'm calling up all my family members and my friends. And they're telling me, you know, they had conversations when I was gone and they knew I was gone. That's what they told me. They said, you know, I knew you were not there when we had conversations before. And so I was just so excited. I brought back the knowledge of everything and the future, the happiness. We're talking about the happiness before before all the other stuff that's going to get us to that point. But I just remember just, I knew that the truth of everything was going to start coming out little by little. There was no stopping it. And I had that knowledge with me. And I just remember being so happy with that. And then over time, more information started coming Of where exactly I want went and what I learned when I was gone.
1: Was this this, did he also give you the vision of the central sun that you experienced that kind of
0: that's where I was taken? See, that's what I'm saying. The knowledge started coming back. It wasn't right away, it was all of a sudden, it's like, oh, and it's like the remembering of what exactly happened. I started getting bits and pieces. And I'm still getting bits and pieces. It's like one thing will trigger the knowledge of something else. And so that's what's happening. I get a little bit and then more and then a little bit and then more i already know what's going to happen after that and so what happened was i was taken and as i'm seeing these galaxies and universes pass by because this I is go, a,
1: this is a beautiful imagery like take this though because this is really pretty how you describe kind of like this cosmic oneness that you right. experienced
0: it was uh, all of a sudden i come to what only can be described as a central sun big huge you can galaxies and universes in there it is just huge it's just glowing it's just beautiful but around the central sun was nebulous clouds these nebulous clouds had all the different colors in it the purples the pinks the blues the greens and then it had stars just sprinkled in it it was like watching creation take place before my eyes because i knew these nebulous clouds they were growing and that they were going to go outwards and they were going to help create more universes out there
1: that's beautiful.
0: and so, I was, I was there and I, I, when I saw the central sun, I was just in awe of it and I was taken inside of it. Now that was the interesting part because going inside of this central sun, it was neutral, but it was all, but it was all knowledge. It wasn't like it was good, bad and different. It was just all knowledge. Anything that I wanted to know, it was like information was just coming to me. And I the one thing I was able to remember was I was watching my lifetimes play out. Wow, but, but I was really focused on this one because this is the one that concerned me because this is the one I'm dealing with right now. Yes, and, you know, and so I remember watching my life lifetime play out in a holographic form. like I'm watching a holographic play of myself and everything that I'm gonna deal with and everything that's gonna happen. And I kept watching it. I remember watching it over and over again. I wanted to absorb, as much as I could to try to take it, bring it back. with me. And so I felt like I was just watching it over and over again. Maybe that's why I'm getting bits and pieces as I'm starting to remember stuff that had happened. Cause I realized when I was there that, and you, people have said it before, but it was more of a knowledge now that I know that this life is a play. We're playing out our parts and roles. It, you know, a lot of religions and the one that I grew up with believed that you knew everything was going to happen before you came. And yes, you did. You got to watch it all play out and be aware of everything that's going to happen. And right now we're just playing a part in the role of our play. Yeah. Trying to be and become the best person that we can be. Right. Now, we can do it.
1: I lo- See, I had, I had to, that was, I had to make sure we capture that because that's the whole, the, the message behind that and the imagery and, and Shakespeare's, again, as you mentioned as well, that, you know, we're all actors on a stage and that this is a place, this big cosmic unfolding um, that's, occur- that's occurring. So thank you for that. Okay. So now I wanted to talk to, because we we focus more on the, the beings that are non-human. And I kind of want to shift the conversation to your interaction with spirit guides, um, because you saw them early on as well, and kind of like how that how you experience that um well we'll talk about that and then then we'll go into something after but let's just talk about your your interaction with spirit guides and when you knew okay well this is an entity and energy that's um guiding me
0: well when i was little i was the the type of child that would be like mom leave the light on and she would get very upset with me and why do you need the light on and i i kept saying there's people in my room there's people in my room and she didn't understand, which is kind of funny, because I found out later on that my grandmother has the same ability that I do of seeing spirits. Yes. And my mother, for some reason, was not aware of it. Um, either that or she chose not to be aware of it. I'm not sure. But as a child, you know, I, I would tell them that there's, there's people in my room standing around and it would scare me because I had no understanding, nobody to talk to. Yeah about this, um, other than just telling my mom and she's oh you just got an imagination you got imagination. It would get to where a lot of times I would sleep with my blanket over my head and it get it would get hot. So you always have to make like a little people a little pocket to breathe. Yeah. yeah. The, so the fresh air comes in and you can breathe it. And <laughs> and I used to have there was a man that would stand by my bed. Okay. And at the time I didn't understand it because from my point of view of the way that I was being talked to, it's my imagination, you know, I was thinking, okay, I shouldn't, I should not be able to see these spirits, Right. Because nobody else can see them. Why am I seeing them? I should not be able to see them. It wasn't something widely talked about when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so there was a man standing by my bed, he used to wear a suit. Okay. And he used to stand there and he would put his hands kind of um, behind his back, but he was looking out outwards he wasn't looking at me he was just standing with his back to me, and I never understood that and when I was a kid I had my blanket over my head and my little pocket ear and I see him standing there and I kind of close it off because you know I just didn't want to see him because in my mind I'm not supposed to be
1: seen right because you yeah because you were told that and that this wasn't yeah
0: that yeah. is my imagination something yeah. what's going with it. and so I remember one incident actually that I had my blanket over my head and he's standing there and he turned and he looked towards me because what happened was I got hot. I'm like, okay, I need to open this up a little bit more to get some fresh air. And I'm like, I wonder if it was, it was later in the night. <laughs> it was later in the night. Now I'm just like, okay, I wonder if he's still there. So I go and I peek and I look to see if he's still there. And just as I did, he kind of looked down towards me and he just kind of smiled. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> I'm so scared. I was scared. But this, I didn't realize it at the time, but the more he was there, the less the shadow people were walking around. Okay. Okay. He was like, he was, as long as he was there, I didn't have to worry about any other beings or shadow people or anything else. It was like, he was protecting me as I was sleeping. He was always there, protecting me while I was sleeping and keeping everything else away.
1: And people who may not know what shadow beings are, I mean, what's your interpretation of that? Just beings that are not looking out for your welfare, that kind of thing, or?
0: Well, you know, it's kind of interesting is my youngest son is like me and, and he sees spirits and we've seen shadow people together. And so I always tell them, if you see, it looks like a person, but it's a shadow just walking across. Okay? Yeah. But if you see them and they just kind of walk right on through, then obviously they're not out to like watch you yeah. or anything else. So I just kind of let that go when that happens. Okay. The thing that bothers you is when they linger and you know, they're looking at you and they're, they're going to, they've got to be other dimensional.
1: Right. You know? Yes. Yeah. No, that's well said. Yeah. Okay. You know? And, um, so if they just
0: walk on through the room, you just, I, for me, I just kind of let it go. Okay. They're just passing through. If you see them there to me, it's like, it makes me uncomfortable. And if it's going to make me uncomfortable, you got to leave. So yeah. Taught
1: them how to make them leave. See, I love that because you have a strong sense of autonomy and you set your boundaries. Right. Um, right. And, and it's clear. And then you don't interact with things you don't want to interact. It's it's like I kind of describe it going to a party. You get to choose who you want to talk with. And if the conversation's not going well, walk off.
0: <laughs> right. No, exactly. For, but, you know, if it's in your own house, you make them leave. That's right? true. You there you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a the door. <laughs> So I love that because these guides that you saw as a, as a child were, were looking out for you and they were your protectors. And, and I love that. And so can we leeway into, you know, how can parents have an open conversation with their children who are seeing guides and spirits? How can they start, you know, instead of dismissing it, actually have an honest conversation with the kids?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, see, that's the whole thing. I've worked with my kids since younger because I never had anybody that can work with me. Um, and. My middle child, he he's more of, um, he'll hear them. He won't see them, he'll hear them. Okay. My youngest, he will see them, but he doesn't hear them. So it's almost it's like it's they split it. It's
1: <laughs> clairvoyant. You can see it more, you know, claircognizant. Their audience. Yeah, uh, the clear audience. There you go. Yeah, okay.
0: and, and for me, I see and hear them. So, okay. you know, I think they split it between the two of them. I don't know, three guys, <laughs> before they came here. I Who
1: gets know. this gift? <laughs>
0: But, you know, I've I've worked with them since little. And I think it's important when a child comes to you and and they're distraught and they're saying, hey, I see this or that, is to listen to them. I think when you
1: you dismiss it,
0: you dismiss it. A lot of times it will shut them down. Yes. because With me as a child hearing this over and over again, it's in my mind. I learned to literally start closing off that ability. Right. Because in my mind, there there was nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. I really believe if you can start working with your kids while they're younger, Mm -hmm. that it's going to grow their ability to be very strong and stand strong within themselves because they're not unsure of themselves and their
1: ability. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. Totally builds confidence, you know, and I I appreciate because, you know, you're you're somebody who who's gone through that and experienced that. And now you retrospectively be like, okay, what were the needs that I could have could have been met? You know, I mean, right. everything obviously in as it is, it's not that it's just, it's a matter of how can we empower now knowing what we right. know. And
0: yeah. I, I really believe if they're young, have them draw pictures of it. That, that helps them Love that.
1: Yes. You know what I
0: mean? Because yes. if I would have had that, it wouldn't affected me so much. And I could have just, oh, it's just part of who I am and drew pictures and just let it all out. This is what I'm seeing. As they yeah. get older, you can have them start learning how to journal with. Yes. Um, you know, just to let it out. Because a lot of times it's not that it's bad experiences, unless you got some type of poltergeist that came into your house. For <laughs> you know, and I've actually worked with people that do have kids and, and I've taught them how to actually start becoming in power with the power that you cause that you have with inside yourself to make them leave. This is your area. This is your, your area with your energy. You should be allowed to keep your energy here without them coming
1: into it. I love that. that I, that's such... I mean, again, we say it's an empowering message and it's just, um, it builds confidence and it's not dismissive. And you're listening to your child. I love the journaling and I love the drawing, talking about it, asking about that being, you know, like, okay, well, do you talk, what does it say, you know? And, and just having that and not being afraid. I love that. So they, I don't think anybody's really said that yet here on planet earth in those ways, you know? and right. And that I feel like needs to come out more now than ever, because I feel like more people, you know, Kids and children—they're going to start having more, and adults like they're just having more experiences like these. The
0: energy, the energies of this earth are just changing, and as they
1: rapidly, change,
0: we are going to be coming in as adults and children already born, already going to have innate abilities that yes. we never have ever seen before.
1: And I feel like this is a conversation. This is like that groundbreaking conversation that's tri- not. Tri- it is break- breaking it to to start opening up to what's about to open for earth and 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 to be a mediator between those so i really appreciate you you know doing right. the work that you do and facilitating those kind of conversations
0: right and and i want to add if you have a child that's that's talking about alien experiences have them do the same thing have them write it down you know but the alien is a little bit different than spirit and the fact that mm-hmm. you can't you can't stop the alien side of it all you can do is Learn to deal with it so that it doesn't become trauma later
1: on. Love that. Seriously, Eddie. this is like, (laughs) this is, these are big topics, you know, to to not let it be trauma later on, to not close themselves off these innate natural abilities, these gifts, you know, that they have and to really nurture them and not shy them away. I mean, this is going to be big.
0: And, and, and with your children, teach them the empowerment of basically for me when i was 12 years old my belief was in jesus and i i believe there's all a lot of different ones you can use of spiritual guides but it, whatever it takes even within your own power you have the power to say i don't want you here you yes. must leave." yes it's and you have to believe it when you say it that's the only difference between anybody
1: with you conviction have have right
0: with conviction exactly. mm-hmm. and so you can't just go oh, oh please please leave no you got to say it. You have the power. You know, you have the ability. Everyone has the ability and say, you must leave my property. Yes. You must leave my house. You must leave my apartment yeah. now. Yeah. And you know that you have the power to do that because all of us do.
1: Yeah. Swearing's good too. I swear sometimes that helps. <laughs> you know what? That's just another way of getting it out. So, <laughs> just so
0: yeah, Emily, you need to get it out you get it out and sometimes yeah I, I've gone there I'm like no I've seen things I'm like uh hell no <laughs> you're leaving now
1: <laughs> you you can stay but you you're out of here <laughs> I love that and you know that that really builds the confidence of 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 you know <clears throat> nurturing the child early on but in adulthood too right because how many adults have and I've I work with people on this where they're just like this doormat and they just allow all these things to come in their life setting no boundaries and it's just like this is an exercise for you that it may have come, come your way for you to start you know putting a circle of unconditional love around you and protect yourself and 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 stand in your power right and the,
0: the whole thing is is you know i i'll cleanse my house i like i like to use sage that's yeah, sage way yeah to house. but the whole thing is all it takes is one person that's got a real negative negative. Um, connotation.
1: Yes. You know, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> one person to come into that house or dwelling yeah. and they yeah. could bring stuff in.
1: Yeah. And you can tell when you're intuitive, you can tell. It, it reminds me of, you know, the Charlie Brown character, the guy who has the dust ball around him all the time.
0: Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> he's like, you know, that you know, one of those, one of those might, and we're talking about people here, right? right. Who, who may be in your home. And then after when they leave, you just, you know, <laughs>
0: time to sage again. <laughs> But I, I'm just saying for uh, the normal person that that doesn't experience the right the, the sensations and know when there's something brought in, just know yeah. that if your house, say you're in your house, because you anybody can feel this, okay? As I taught my kids, you've got to listen to your gut. You don't listen to your mind. That's it, yeah. You don't listen to your heart. You listen to your gut. And your gut <laughs> is going to tell you if there's something wrong. So say your house feels beautiful and you have this big old party and you have people over, but then afterwards, you're noticing your house doesn't feel quite right. Mm-hmm. Look into it. There's so many different ways that you can cleanse your house, take that negative energy away. Yeah. Because I've seen it before, where people will have friends and family over, and then when they leave, you're seeing a lot of bickering going on because there's a lot of stress now left in the house. Right. Um, the energies have changed, and mm-hmm. where you're no, you're no longer a coherent family. You're like fighting and bickering and arguing with each other
1: gotcha normally
0: you wouldn't be and you may not even realize that it's part of the energy that was left there.
1: it's like vibrational residue or something that was kind of yes okay so now i'm a big component of the heart and you're you're a big component of the gut mm-hmm. i mean that's like and i love that because it's like it's your second head right that they're saying now yeah.
0: well that- the reason the reason i don't go with the heart is because the heart feels all the emotions. okay that's that's why I don't say the heart. You know, if if you're able to do that, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know what I mean. But for me, sometimes I know that my emotions can cloud my judgment.
1: Right. Okay. That's okay. Thank that you. is
0: the only reason why I don't use the heart, because you know you get your feelings hurt, and I can get you into another story. But we'll talk about that. We'll say <laughs> that. I will say that for after. But you can get your feelings hurt, and then you you run off of your emotions. Versus listening to the truth and your gut never lies. I know that's crazy, but your gut never no, lies. No, I
1: love that. And thank you for that because many times we um, deny our gut. So I really you love that. You get that
0: nervous feeling in the pit of your your stomach over a decision that you need to make. Right. You're not making the right one.
1: There you go. Review it. I love that. I love that. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> I, I wanted to go over your near-death experiences in the sense because you had two of them one in your childhood and one in your adulthood and there was an experience that connected both. Um but but if you could just go over that and you, okay. just just that feeling. I mean I know it's it's a it's a big well, topic. But
0: it is. Um the I'll try to kind of paraphrase with the yeah. first time because it's a little bit longer of an experience. But yes. Um uh, my husband had gotten sick we're getting ready to go on a backcountry horseman ride and he had gotten sick and On the way there, he says I'll be fine by the next day. We went for the whole ride. We're riding out um in Moab. And uh, anyways, we went for the whole ride. And the last day we had some Dutch oven. And if you've ever had Dutch oven before, it's really good food. And but it was kind of rich. And so I thought it was just it was rich. That's why it got sick. I never put it two and two together that my husband was sick on the way there, and maybe I got what he had. So that night I ended up getting sick and So that night, um, that night I got sick and I'm laying there, I'm laying there um, where we're camping. and I said to him, I'm laying there, I'm getting uncomfortable. And I hear, get up and go home. And I'm like, okay. You know, I get up, I get sick again. My husband's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. And I'm laying there and I hear again, the second time, it's a little bit louder, get up and go home. And at this time we didn't have kids. We had nothing at home that we should have to worry about. And I'm like, a little antsy. And my husband's like, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I just keep being told we need to go home. And he's like, well, come on, let's go. The other person took out, brought our horses out. We can just go ahead and go. We can leave tonight. Like, no, this is when I was stubborn. I'm not like that anymore. I'm not like that as much. You (laughs) know what I mean? And I'm like, there's no reason why we need to go. So I lay in bed. This time I'm barely about ready to fall asleep. This time it's so loud. It is screaming, get up and go home. And I literally sat up in bed and I'm just like shaking. And my husband was like, what's going on? I said, just being told to go home. By this time he's grabbing me, about ready to pull me out. Come on, let's go. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And so being stubborn the way I was, slept the night, got up the next morning. I couldn't even keep down water. I was so sick. And there was a guy in in our group it was an older guy. Um, he's since passed. <laughs> <Hi>. oh. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, he was kind of really crotchety on our on our trip. And um, I was always taught that when somebody is kind of mean like that, you need to go out of your way and maybe do a little something nice. It kind of calms, calms it down some. And so anyways, what ended up happening was that morning, I'm brushing out his horse, getting ready to go back. And we get in our car and we start headed back. Back home, and back home was like a four-hour drive. And I'm driving along, and I told my husband, "I said, if I if I tell you I'm gonna get sick, just pull over so I can get sick." So we're driving along, and I'm just like, "I'm gonna get sick." And we pull over, and I remember leaning forward, and that's the last thing I remember doing. With my husband, he says what happened was I literally flopped backwards with my head on his lap, and all I can see was the whites of my eyes. And he's thinking that maybe I'm choking because I'm not breathing at all. And so he went ahead and went out the other side of the car and trying to pull me out, trying to do a little bit of the Heimlich, trying to see if I've got something in my throat, did a finger sweep, nothing there. I'm still not breathing. He laid me down on the ground. And now he's starting at the mouth and trying CPR on me because I'm literally just not breathing at all. He says he was doing that for about five minutes and just totally freaking out. I don't know how long it really was because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you freak out, you just, (laughs) you don't know about the time wise, but. Anyways, uh he said he was doing it for five minutes and then finally he got to where I was breathing, okay. but I was not conscious. And so just then a guy pulls over off the highway, he sees me on the ground with my husband, and my husband at the time, he's now he's now EMT, but before he wasn't like that. And so he got his he got, you know, normally for that what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to get your knuckles and you rub it on the sternum. But at the time it was like in the movies, he picks me up and starts slapping me. <laughs> yeah you know, right the movies when they're trying to get <laughs> and so the guy sees a limp body on the ground and this guy's laughing and she's oh my gosh she's killed her he takes off okay that was what happened on my husband's side <laughs> that's so, terrible i know it is that's what happened on my husband's side but for me all of a sudden i found myself walking along a path and i believe that people experience things so different um when they die people see the ocean mountains the desert yeah I agree with you there's different visions Yeah.
1: yeah
0: I think I think a lot of times you go to the place where you know the most calm and brings you the most peace and for me it's the mountains I love the mountains me too and so I'm in the mountains and I'm walking along a dirt path there's two paths there but I'm only walking in one of them and I remember feeling kind of weird that I'm walking alone and there was nobody else in the path next to me and I'm barefoot I have like some type of gown on, maybe white pants. I can see my feet, so I know I'm barefoot that way, but everything is so green, and the colors were so vivid. I couldn't even, I can't describe it with human eyes. There's no way you could see.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean by that. It was just
0: gorgeous and just more vivid than your eyes normally, see? Yes. There was not, there was not one weed. It was just totally, just totally beautiful, and I'm, walking through the forest and i see this light at the end coming through this trees and as i'm walking towards this light all of a sudden i see orbs of light come out my chest They just orbs of light and everything that's coming out is things that i did here on this earth without asking for praise for it's the little things that you're doing it's just the stuff you did to try to help somebody else and you didn't say hey look at me i'm a great person look what i did it's just all those little things that I had done. I'm seeing it, orbs of light. The last orb that came out was brushing out this guy's horse that had been very hard to deal with. Before. And I just remember feeling so happy with all the things that I had done. Just the little things, little things that I had done. And I'm as I'm walking towards this light, I remember the feeling was so strong. It was so much love. And as I'm getting closer to this light, I can feel like the light is connecting with me and I'm starting to become one with this light. And as I'm becoming one with this light, the love is even stronger. And I'm walking closer and closer and closer to the light. And all of a sudden, it felt like somebody grabbed my cerebral cortex, the very base of my brain, and yanked me back into my body. Okay. And when I was yanked back into my body, um, I remember my husband trying to talk to me. And I thought I was talking, but you know, I was hypoglycemic at the time. So my blood sugar is just totally tanked, is what had happened and what had caused all this. And so I think that I'm talking, but I guess all I was saying was uh, because uh, 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 what happens is the blood sugar that you have left is going towards your heart, your lungs, and just that portion of the brain that can yeah. help control it too. Okay. And so, anyways, that's what was going on with me. He ended up rushing me the closest place um, at the time, only had a clinic, and it only had one doctor in town. Um, and it was Sunday, and that guy was actually going to be is the bishop of the church. He was supposed to be there. It's Sunday. It's the time that church is normally taking place. My husband comes roaring up and honking the horn, and he comes out of the he comes out of the home. The house was right next to the clinic. That's how they had it. Been. It was in the same parking lot. And so he comes out of the house. They end up reeling me in. They couldn't get they couldn't get glucose into me through my veins because they had dropped. They ended up going through my ankle <laughs> to get it to get it into me. And the doctor afterwards, after we got it going, and he says I should have probably been in a coma, very, very easily in a coma. And so what happened was he says, you know, this morning I went to go to church, I got into my vehicle, I realized I had forgotten my scriptures, went back into the house to grab the scriptures, came back out, realized I must have taken my car keys in there because my car keys were no longer there, went back into the house to search for my car keys. He goes, one thing led to another, led to another. He says, I finally said, you know what? He says, there's got to be a reason why I'm not being able to get out of this house. Uh, I'm not coming in today. And um, he stayed there. And sure enough, that's when I showed up. But he said that if they would have had to go and search for him in church, bring him back, he said, at very least, I would have been in a coma, but more than likely already deceased because my blood sugar was that low.
1: Wow. Oh. So-, so, okay, hey, so there was you said there were two incidents. I know we're kind of running on uh, out of time here a, l- a little bit, but, but there were two incidents. So the two, the two incidents happened in your adulthood then, right?
0: It was an adult. Yes. I, it was be was married, but before I had kids. Okay. Um, the second incident was a lot faster, a lot faster type of situation. I had a three because I was in a car accident.
1: And, and... and sorry, I just want to, the, the, the church individual how did he fit into that picture i didn't quite that he wasn't
0: um if if he was inspired to stay because if he wouldn't have stayed and they would have had to go search him out after i had my sugar had dropped so low that i would have probably died because they would not have been able to get him back to the clinic fast enough to get the glucose in my system
1: so so he was the doctor
0: he was the doctor The bishop was the doctor
1: Okay, so that's why. I didn't, was okay, doctor, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm like, wow. Okay, so he's no. the doctor. I got gotcha. you. Okay, done. The Bishop
0: oh was the doctor, also, you know. Okay. And so yeah, if okay. if he wouldn't have been there that day, um, I I probably would have been dead. So there's a reason for me being here. Of course, you know? of course. And, <laughs> but I can go through the other one. I'll speed it up a little bit. The other one was easy. Um, I had had a surgery. I had a feeling before the surgery, that feeling kind of like, mm, should we do this? But I couldn't go, oh, I have a bad feeling. Let's not have surgery. Um, it was from the car accident. And uh, anyways, the surgery went fine. I was in the recovery room and they were short staffed that day and make a long story short. They ended up overdosing me on morphine because they chart charted. And so I remember the feeling at that time. Um, I remember a male voice, a couple female voices and they're Annie, Annie, stay with us, stay with us. But I didn't recognize who they were and I didn't care because I'd already left my body. It was a feeling of just being totally free. And I I see myself going up to the ceiling. I go through the lights in the ceiling. It was just this beautiful feeling. I just didn't care. And I let myself go where I was being taken to. And when I was little, we're going to go back to that story real quick. When I was little, I used to freak out because I would hear like people talking really, really fast, you know. And so, anyways, are you saying something? Because I can't hear you again. Did you turn yourself off? Sorry, I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just gonna say that that conversation you you heard as a child. It's like it's like ten thousand conversations forwarded into five seconds.
0: Right. And so they're talking really, really fast. And I would get bits and pieces when I kids it as the. You know, little words, but I couldn't understand what they were saying. I knew they were talking about somebody, but it kind of freaked me out because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. And yeah. this time, when I, when I, my near death experience, I'm floating up and I'm floating up through this ground that's not a ground. My head is just kind of slowly coming up. As my set head is slowly coming up, I see people in robes, like human people in robes, right? And they're standing around. I would only consider them maybe guides. Yeah. And they're standing around talking. And that's what it sounds like. The same thing I used to freak out with hearing as a kid. And I realized the reason I'm hearing that is because I'm hearing the speed of thought, not the speed that comes out of your mouth. The speed that comes out of your mouth is a lot slower than the way you think. So if you're telepathic and you're connecting with them, you're hearing that, but it's the speed of thought that's going on between the two of them. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what, what I was hearing when I was a kid. Now I knew what it was. And one of the the older men turns and he looks at me and he puts his hand on my head. He goes, telepathic though. He goes, not yet. <laughs> and he pushed me back. And it's that same cerebral cortex being yanked back into the body. I came to, I had been innovated. I had a tube down my throat. I'm oh. freaking out, trying to pull the tube out yeah. and everything else. So that time yeah. was a little bit faster. It's like, yeah. not yet. <laughs> but I did learn something from it. So that was kind of cool no thank
1: you thank you for sharing that that's like that's a ineffable experience you can't really you know what you describe in words to connect it um okay so (laughs) we're gonna wrap up here with one question we're gonna finish up i what with what we like to call the transparent (laughs) beings i thought i thought this was this was really brilliant because um you know it's about connecting all these stories together and they kind of seamlessly flow like even with your near-death experience in your adulthood, it provided an answer in your childhood of what you heard, right, and how it's all connected. So what happened was, I mean, this is Annie, and ours a second, my second meeting with her. And um, in our first one, when we, when we chatted, I was casually discussing uh, clear beings that I see, uh, that I saw in my room. And they look like really translucent, the kind on the hot day that, you know, where, where, where you're a kid and you're leaning on, on the on the uh on the road or on the driveway and you can see that mist of steam kind of so to speak so i i remember laying on my bed and this is in, in adulthood um and i was it was it you get that feeling where you know somebody's looking at you you know it's like you know that there's somebody else in the room and you're being observed observed right even though you may not physically see it at the time so i call this man spider-man he was in the corner of my room And I was, he was just watching me, right. Just, just, just gently. And then when he confirmed that he knew it was me, he got all excited. It was, Oh my God, Oh my God, you're here. Oh my God. We finally met. And he jumped on the bed and and it felt like he was, he was licking me like a puppy dog would lick me. I know it's kind of weird, but it was just that jovialness and that kind of like, you haven't seen a family member in eons. That's what it felt like, you know, and they're coming from the airport and you're like, you know, you start crying and you're just so happy to see that individual. So that's what it felt like. And I was, you know, I'm like, I'm not that touchy-feely at that time. I was like, get, get off me, right? Like, what is this? <laughs> and then, and then I, I remember waking up, although it was kind of like you see the theta state between sleep and awake and that kind of thing. And my my dog at that time was right at my feet. And I thought, okay, maybe he just licked my face and I'm making it all up because I journaled it as well, this incident. So I really appreciate you mentioning journaling. So I went and I was, you know, kind of lifting up my feet. He was knocked out. There was no way he was going to wake up. I poked at him, like nothing. He was just, it wasn't him. And then I thought, okay, so so this individual is definitely a visitor. And then what I appreciate is how Annie picked up on that story, which you'll see, And provides more insight on these translucent beings, which is really like a miraculous story. And then how it's like almost triple, I call it the triple validity, because I had the experience with the being, you had the experience with the same beings, and your client had the same experience with these beings. And we didn't even know each other two weeks ago. So please, (laughs) please share after I said that your, your experience with these beings.
0: Well, as I was telling you, um, the first time I saw them, I was actually working out at the gym and I was on the rowing machine Mm -hmm. and your feet are tied into the rowing machine rowing back and forth, forth. And I saw like, I think it was five of them and they're just standing there and I'm just kind of rowing and just, just watching them, you know, just looking at them. And I'm like, why are you seeing that? I'm looking around to try to see if anybody else is seeing them but everybody's just going along their their day and i'm just kind of looking at them like okay that's kind of cool i've never seen that before that's cool so i'm just watching them rowing away and it wasn't until one moved forward and he starts coming to put his hand on my foot as soon as that happened that kind of freaked me out i'm just like don't touch me (laughs) i like what you're talking about but i hurried up and i um um well, it's Velcroed, unvelcroed my, my feet from the Royal Machine. And I'm like backpedaling backwards. And I'm thinking, if anybody's seeing me, they're probably thinking I'm on drugs or something because I'm moving back away like I'm afraid of something really quick. And so I just kind of let it go. And you're on mute again, Pam. Sorry, I was telling
1: Annie, <laughs> could you imagine being on on security camera and, and watching, because they don't see that you see it, right? But you're just doing this. On the- <laughs> oh
0: yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy or something. And so anyways, that was my first experience with them. And I'd see them every now and then, you know, just kind of, and I, I've seen so many different things and honestly, I don't go, "Oh wow, look at, look what I'm seeing because yeah. I see stuff all the time. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I was getting ready to have a, a client, Um, I won't go too much into detail about the client, but sure. I was getting ready to have a QHHT session with the client. And one week before our session, I have this weird dream and I have no idea why I have this dream. I dream that I'm in another country, my whole family's in this other country, and everybody freaked out because they see this huge UFO craft coming in, Um, it comes in and it docks against the building, which was higher on the mountainside that we're at in this other country, and all of a sudden, what comes off the craft is is an older guy, and then there's a bunch of other people with him, they look human, and then he look human? he looked totally human, Okay. but the interesting thing was he talked really fast, <laughs> so so when he's speaking, he was speaking English, but it was coming out really, really quick, okay. and he was basically telling everybody not to be afraid, and there was a, a younger man behind him, and he had some like a Geiger counter thing that kind of went back and forth, and you can hear it going boop, boop, boop as they're walking through the crowd. And everybody just kind of over uh, opened up and allowing them through this crowd. And I'm just standing there on the side. And all of a sudden they went Boop, and it pointed at me. And I'm like, Oh, what the heck did I do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like you I know? don't have it.
0: <laughs> and so the, the older guy looks and he looks and he like looks into my eyes. And I really believe the eyes really are the window to soul Yeah. But I love how you look that. my yeah. eyes. He looks into my eyes and he stares at me. and goes, it's you. And I'm like, it's you, me. What, what do you mean? It's me. It's you. And he, he explains that they'd been looking for me, that I was sent here from them, okay. meaning to earth, that they put me here on earth because they knew that they would be back. And that he was really, because he was looking for me. Okay. And I'm just like, okay. He says, we want you to go with us. I'm like, all right, well, I need my whole family. And, um, but most of my family was there in my dream. So anyways I said well what about my mother because my mother is now alone I'm like what about my mother like oh don't worry we've already gotten her (laughs) and she was actually already on the craft it's kind of funny she was kind of passed out on the craft but anyways he says but I need to prepare you for what we look like and I'm thinking well you look human to me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and he's Mm -hmm. all we don't really look like this he says um he says we would be what you would call transparent beings," and I'm like transparent beings i said like the ones i saw at the gym now the gym actually happened that's a real experience this that was a the real experience I'm yeah, bringing real experience. and In i had the
1: dream. i had the real experience yeah so yeah
0: right so it was a real experience to the dream and i'm just like like the ones at the gym he goes oh yeah they were the ones looking for you they were our, our guards sent out to find you so anyways make a long story short he's he says they're transparent beings and i'm like wow that's crazy so we go on to the craft and sure enough, it was like a human soup they removed, but they're literally transparent beings,
1: like kind of, zipping. Out so the... like,
0: oh. yeah, kind of like, I don't know how they, they stepped in the machine and it just literally removed the
1: soup. Okay. Okay. It was
0: like this energy that was coming down.
1: And so anyways,
0: I was like, wow, that was a real weird dream. And a lot of times I will journal dreams because dreams tend to have, if they don't mean exactly what you're dreaming, there's yeah. meaning in it.
1: Yeah. There's messages in there. Thank you for sharing that. Yes.
0: And so anyways, a week later, I go and I have a session with the client. Now the client and I had never met before. we had never had conversations before about anything else. Just just like any. He goes, (laughs) so he goes to a past life and in his past life, he's human. And, but he is in charge of all the different portals that are here on this earth that allowed you to go to different dimensions within this earth.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so him mm-hmm. and a bunch, there was others like him. And you were talking about how portals come together and what they do and everything else. Well, normally in a near, uh, in a, in our sessions, we will take you when you're in another life to your death experience to find out how you die. Because a lot of times there's a lot of stuff you hold on to that you don't let go of during that experience. So we take him to the death experience and he goes, oh no, I, I'm telling him, okay, well, how did you die? He goes, well, I didn't actually die. And I'm like, okay, well, explain what's going on. He says, I see a ship and I'm, he's at the ocean at this time. I'm thinking it's like a sailing ship or something else. I have him describe it. And it is actually a light ship in the sky. He says, no, all I do is I shed my human body and I go right up to the ship. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and I said to him, shed your human body. Well, what do you look like now? He goes,
1: I'm a transparent being. And I'm just like, oh. your dream. <laughs> you cannot make this up. The synchronicity. I was,
0: I was like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> Those exact words from your dream.
0: <laughs> exact words. I'm a transparent being, you know? And, but the whole <laughs> thing is that he shed his human soup, just like in my dream. And I'm like, this is just, well, how do you explain that? And you
1: you know? even said that, I love how you said that maybe the lights, how the human eye spectrum can only see.
0: Right. Yeah, I have a feeling that they're not really transparent, even though our eyes see them as transparent. I, I feel that uh we're not able to see it's the light spectrum that That's they really it. are. And that is exactly how we perceive them, but in actuality, I don't believe that they actually look like that.
1: Okay, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I I wanted to touch on that, you know, with you as a practitioner as well, um, and your own experiences, you kind of connect with different galactic family members, right? It's not just this one experience it really is a testament that we are multi-dimensional beings you know we kind of hear it but well, you, do, you do connect with different star I, families you know
0: i, I, I think uh, for me i get that affirmation more of when i went to the central sun i okay. understand that we all came from the central sun okay and that even though we are put into different bodies or what we perceive as energy bodies alien bodies that we are all the same family. It, it doesn't matter what you look like. I love that. But yeah. we literally are created for learning for um information to become stronger to become um more of what we're supposed to be, what we're sent here to be. You is, know?
1: Would you say that is that your message to the audience today? If 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 you could We are
0: all my fam- I would say we're all one family and think about it. There's certain family members that you don't agree with that do things that you don't like them to do yeah. um, that you wish weren't part of your family, but are. And that is pretty much that would describe actually. That, that's everything. a galactic
1: family right there.
0: <laughs> there is your galactic family. There's always going to be ones that don't view things the way you view it. That yeah. don't want to do things the way that you want to do it. And I wouldn't say one's better or one's worse. You know, you're going to have one that is not very happy and is going to do malicious stuff. Are you going to have one that's really happy and trying to help everybody become more of what they're supposed to be? Yes. But we're all one family, no matter how you want to look at
1: it. I love that. Sorry, you <laughs> <separate. laughs> your own family. That is such that is such a brilliant message. I think, and especially during these times, right? To put out there now. I mean that that's imperative, and I hope people keep that in their forefront as much as they can, you know, when dealing with people. And I love your, I'll call it your random acts of kindness. That even with your near death experience, you had that reflection of every little, the little things,
0: and that's the most important thing is that people need to remember it's the little things change and snowball and become greater. The little things that you do in life that just maybe takes a little bit of burden off of somebody the little things you do to even smile at somebody who's having a bad day Mm -hmm. a lot of times just a little smile and act of kindness will change and shift their energy to be able to help them so it's important
1: all right well thank you annie so much for being on the show today seriously just i feel like mind blown Yet at the same time, there's such a familiarity with everything um, that you've said, you know, like a, like a homecoming. So I thank you for that. And, and could you let us know, let the guests know where they can find you?
0: If they wanted to message me, they can message me at lightwithinyou. Um, well, is out, it, at the dot is, dot, is it, but <laughs> <laughs> <It's not laughs> your right. website, you have your website. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, my website is lightwithinyou.us.
1: Okay, done. And, and I will link that in the bio. Bio for people to to connect with you and and so there you go. Thank you so much, Annie.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.